you? Do you feel like you can attain the goals? Are they measurable? Are they specific? Do you have a hard time putting them together in a sense of, I actually can do this. And I think I've given myself enough space to put this all together and figure it out. One of the things that I found works for me is when I'm putting goals together, I actually have to be very mindful of my time. And I think time is something that a lot of us struggle with as far as what to do with it and how, how we're going to utilize it so that it works for us. Um, for me, I had to think about where am I putting most of my time and where do I spend most of my time and how is this resource of time going to help me to attain the goals that I'm trying to attain? So I had to break down my time. I had to look at what am I doing with my time? How am I utilizing it? Is what I'm doing with my time promoting success for me to get where I want to go? Or is it pulling me back? Like, how can I find the time that I need to progress forward. So what I had to do is I had to restructure my time and I had to find ways that I could put time into my calendar, but give myself some time back. And one thing that I like to do is I try to tackle the things that are hardest right out of the gate. And that could be whatever it is. So for example, if I'm at work and I've got a really big, important thing, and I'm just dreading doing that thing because it's depleting me in some capacity and I just don't have the energy for it, I have to be very mindful to work on that task first thing. When I do that first thing, then it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I have tackled this, I've gotten this done, and now I'm ready to conquer the next thing. Um, this practice that I've put into play has helped on so many levels with so many things. It produces more productivity. It produces um, a higher level of self-esteem. It produces a lot of really positive impact because a lot of times we will procrastinate and procrastinate on the things that are hard instead of just tackling them. And today's topic is actually around that very thing. The thing that everyone considers a taboo topic of money that they don't want to tackle because it can be very hard and convoluted. And in recent weeks, I've shared with you that my journey being a single mom with kids and creating my vision board and manifesting the life that I saw for myself and getting myself to that place actually was designed and I designed it. I created it. I decided that I had very very specific goals that I needed to achieve and to find ways to achieve them. So throughout my walk, I get asked this question quite often, how did you do it? How did you, how did you go from here to there and do it with ease and grace and be successful? And how did you do all that? I 
had a very driven way of going about it. And as I stated, my vision board had a lot to do with it because it allowed me to look at my whole life with a new lens. It allowed me to look at my life with opportunity because when I put the vision board together, what it did is it opened me up into a mindset of I've got specific things that I am working towards or I'm driving towards and I have to be mindful of the decisions I'm making. So for example, if I have no goals and no vision of where I'm going and I go into a shopping mall and I'm shopping for something and I see something out of the corner of my eye that like catches my eye and it's sparkly and it's just radiating all of this energy that's screaming by me, by me, by me, you know, the alarms are going off. And I look at it and I think, well, why not? I deserve it. I should buy it, right? A lot of people feel that way. They feel like, why not? I'll just put it on a credit card. I'll charge it. I deserve it. And the list of reasons of why continue to go down the railroad track like a freight train running down the tracks. But on the flip side, once you get it home, does it really produce the joy? Does it produce the things that you thought it would? Did it change your life? Did it make you feel a certain way? For some of you, maybe the answer is yes. But for most of you, the answer is going to end up being no, because it's going to end up sitting somewhere and you're going to look at it and then you're going to wonder why you spent the money on it. And the reality is, is once you spent the money on it, the money spent, it's gone. It's just gone. So you're not going to get that money back. So money is energy. Money is a tool and it is an energy that you are using as a tool for your life. So when we look at money, money has a lot of connotation to it. When we look at money, we think about all of the things that we associate with money. So think about when you were growing up, how was money treated and how was it portrayed in your home? Was it something that created hardship because you didn't have enough money? Or was it something that was just used for everything and anything because you had an abundance of money? And then Think about what kind of value system you associated with money based on your experiences. So for myself, growing up with my grandparents, money was something that you had to value because you had like you were literally raised with a thought process, waste not, want not. So I literally grew up with this mindset that it was not okay to get rid of something, for example, because if I got rid of it, then I wasn't appreciative of having it. And there's a lot of people that live like that. And then I look at 
the younger generation and there some of these younger generation you know they're the mindset of minimalist where they have very minimal stuff because they're concerned about the planet and the well-being of the planet and not filling up the landfills and all of these other thought processes that go along with the materialism, quote-unquote, that consumerism has created. The interesting thing is that there needs to be some sort of balance because you can't you can't constantly be spending your time and energy trying to make money and then just have that willy-nilly go to the wayside. So you have to be constructive with your goals and how it is you're planning your money out to help you and to help your future self to do the things that you intend to do to structure what you intend to structure. So with that said, when I created my first vision board, I had little to no money. And one of the things that I kept praying on and asking for was more abundance of money in the area so that I could be able to provide for my kids. But the lesson that I needed to learn was it was not about having more money as much as it was about learning the lesson that it is okay for you to receive help or accept help. Now, this might sound a little weird, but at the time, I was of the mindset that I didn't need anybody's help, that yes, I'd fallen on hard times, but I was raised to be resourceful. I was raised to take care of things as much as I possibly could on my own without anyone's help, and I didn't need to ask for help. But when I was on my own with my children, I ended up asking for help because I needed the help. I needed a helping hand, a hand up for someone to give me a hand up so that I could do what it is I need to do. And that's exactly what I did. I asked for a hand up and asked for help because I knew I couldn't do it on my own. For anyone that's listening that is on hard times, there is no shame in asking for help because when we ask for help, we actually are receiving a lesson in that and we are given guidance to change our thought process on what energy is coming from money and how we're using money. So for myself, when I had a helping hand of someone delivering groceries for me and my children, there was a time where I would have felt shame around that. But as I shared with my audience about Christmas morning and having an opportunity to have Christmas and a meal when 
a couple of days prior, the freezer door was opened and my Christmas dinner that I worked so hard on making for the family had defrosted and gone bad and I had no Christmas meal. The insurance company, the women there graciously brought us enough food to feed our family. And I was overcome by that because we were at a point in time where we didn't have the ability to replace all that food and take care of things that we needed to take care of. So for some, that might sound trivial, but for us, that was a very powerful moment because I remember the women that brought this food to the home, and I remember the feeling of profound gratitude for them. And one of them said to me, there will be a point in time where you you will be able to do something for someone else. And I never forgot that because I have done similar things for other people and I was always doing things for other people, but that whole sense of what you put out into the world comes back to you. It really does because all of the things that I would do for people to help people, to give them a hand up, it was returned to me in a moment in time that I felt like, well, I am not deserving of this because I'm the one who's supposed to be helping people. People aren't supposed to be helping me. And I had to learn a very valuable lesson in that, that we're all in need of one another and we're all in need of love and light and a helping hand. So anyone listening, if you're in that position, do not be too proud because you too deserve to have a helping hand and you too can be elevated and lifted and allowed to have your village help elevate you and get you where you need to be and it is okay. I'm not saying take advantage of anyone or anything, but it's okay to accept help when you need help. So as I was going through my journey with my children, one of the things that I did for myself was I became educated when it came to money matters because I did not ever, ever, ever want to feel what I felt. And the power of education is so huge because it's something that no one can take from you. People can take a lot of things from you, but they cannot take that. They cannot take what you learn, your knowledge, the things that you do to be your true, authentic self and best self can never be taken from you. So when I was in a place where I was in dire straits and needed a helping hand, I did everything in my power to look for ways to be resourceful, to find a way to reverse the course of what it was that I was experiencing. Part of that was just digging in and asking myself some really tough questions. What is it I'm willing to do 
to change the path of what direction I was going. Now, for some of you, you're not going to like some of the things that I might suggest, and that's okay. That's okay. But I ask you to consider your own boundaries and ask yourself, what is it that you're doing that may be holding you back? And what can you do to change it? So for example, one of the things that I explored was where was all my money going? What was all of it going towards? And when I started to realize I have a heck of a lot of money going to rent, going to utilities, going to these things that were outside of myself, I had no control over. Well, in the moment, I thought I had no control over, but I started to recognize that I needed to find better ways to manage some of that. So I thought about, is there anything that I'm spending money on that maybe I could cut back? So maybe I need to pull back on, you know, how much heat I'm using, for example, like, can I turn the heat down? during the night and get it to a level where maybe we have some extra blankets, but I'm saving and conserving that energy. So I have more during the day and can extend the life of my heating bill or how much money was I putting out for groceries? Was there a way that I could cut down the expense of groceries? Now on the show, I've talked many times about having staple supply of basic things like beans and rice and, you know, the staple things that don't expire, the things that are going to give us substance that are going to help us, you know, still have a healthy life and take care of our bodies and those kinds of things. So that was something that I also looked into and I started to recognize I was paying a lot of money on cleaning supplies. And I was like, there has to be a better way. And when I thought about it, I recognized I'm paying way too much money on cleaning supplies. So when I lived with my grandparents, I remember my grandmother using vinegar and water to clean the bathroom. I remember using her using, you know, like lemon as a antiseptic and disinfectant and things like that. And I've done shows around that. So that might be something that you go back into the history and look into some of those shows. But one of the things that I also found is that I could take and make my own detergent for washing clothes. And instead of spending exorbitant amount of money on laundry detergent, I actually could make my own laundry detergent and use essential oils and create the scent that I wanted. And instead of spending, I calculated it out over a thousand dollars a year for the family of four. It cost me $20 for the entire year. Now, for some of you, that may sound really extreme to make your own, you know, laundry soap, but honestly, it allowed me to start freeing up money and all of that, all those little micro decisions started to manifest into 
decisions that created opening up space for other things. So if I was able to cut back on that expense, there were other expenses that I could cut back on as well. And it didn't mean that I was completely depleting my family of anything. It just meant that I was changing what it looked like and how it showed up. And the benefit of that is that when I took ownership and I took it to a grassroots source of, you know, me owning it, what ended up happening is I started to realize I was removing toxins from my family. I, there were, there were things that my family was exposed to that I didn't even know we were exposed to until, until I started to take a micro analysis of where my money was going, how I was spending it, what was going into our environment and into our bodies and all of these things. And what I started to recognize was that the commercialism that we're exposed to and you have to have a certain product and you have to do it this way you subconsciously get bought into this and you feel like you do have to do it that way. But what you don't realize is you end up with an abundance of products that you're not actually using. And it was interesting because more recently, someone had asked me, how many products do I actually use when I am bathing and you know washing my hair and all of these things like how many products do I actually use and I had to take a step back because I know women we have an abundance of products that we are using all of the time and I caught myself because what I recognized was I don't have that abundance. I have just a few products and that ability to have a few products, it reduces my, my output as far as, you know, the waste that goes into the trash. It reduces the toxicity to my body with chemicals and different things like that. And it actually reduces the amount of storage that I have to store, you know, different products for. So there is this wonderful ability to be able to get into a space where you truly are living in a space of abundance and not depletion. You're living in a space of authenticity and you are fully living in a space of abundance. And it's hard to describe until you actually peel back the layers, remove the things that you don't need anymore and get to your source of this is what you actually need. So there's a variety of ways you can do this. There are a variety of ways to opening up new spaces to allow that energy of money to flow And I would say to you, if you're not sure on how to look at the abundance of money, you can look creatively, think about the things that make you happy, think about 
reframing what you can do to create income. Maybe you go and start to develop a side hustle doing the things that you love. If you're worried about your job, then you've already started a source of income creating that. If you have credit card debt, the thing about credit card debt and where we are today is that we are living in a space and time where inflation is going up and the cost of goods are going up. And this is where, again, getting back to the grassroots, getting back to the God source things, the things that are healthy and are going to sustain you is going to be far reaching than the things that are toxic. So try to stay away from those junk foods. There's a lot of addictive properties and junk foods and those kinds of foods, they actually stimulate you to want more and more and more. And it creates a lot of hardship to the body and creates disease and illness and all of these things, which in the end are going to create putting you in a situation that is going to create financial harm for you if you think about the long run. So it may seem like in the short run, you know, some of these foods are more expensive, but in reality, they're more sustaining to the body because the body That's what the body needs and that's what the body thrives on and that's what the brain thrives on is those healthy foods. When you're feeding the brain the junk food, then you're going to literally, your input is your output. So if you're inputting the junk, you're going to have output of the junk. So be mindful of what it is you're putting into your body and it takes the body more time to digest all of the healthy foods than to digest the junk foods. And the junk foods, as we know, creates disease. So stay away from the junk foods. I know it can be tempting, but you have to stay away from them. And again, ask yourself the discerning question, is this of love and light or is this of darkness? And Whatever your answer is, be guided. Be guided to what it is that you know is authentic for you. For some of you, you may want to start a garden. For some of you, you may have to do a patio garden. Others of you may have property. But, you know, these are the things that we do to help restore during inflationary times our money. Because when we're living in inflationary times, everything goes up. And if you have credit card debt, The first thing I want you to do is look at your interest rates on your credit card. I want you to take your notebook out. I want you to write down all of your debts. I want you to write down all of your interest rates. And if you don't know them, you need to get to know them right now. You need to find out your balances, how much you owe, and look at your piece of paper and ask yourself, Is this balance worth 25% additional every month? So if you think about that, that's a lot of money that you're paying to the credit card company to have that credit card. So you want to look at where is all of this money that you have really going? So if you're carrying credit cards, 
if you have a credit card that has close to 30% interest rates that you're carrying, then that means you're paying an additional 30% on your credit card bill every single month that you have that balance. And it's going to take you longer and longer to pay that off. So for some people, they use a strategy where they're going to pay off the lowest and then work towards the highest. And that means balance. And for some people, they'll work the, the higher and go to the lower. But whatever you choose to do, there there is opportunity for you to free up your money and look at ways that you can open up space and redesign how it is you're using your money to pay down your credit card debt or to pay down whatever debt you may have and redesign your life. So again, we really want to focus on setting up ourselves for the life that we intend to live and having it being our best life. We want to focus on creating abundance and we want to take out this level of uncertainty. So for women, again, that feeling of safety is really, really important to us and we need to feel safe. And a lot of times we look at our money as a feeling of safety. So with that said, I'm going to ask you, are you creating safety for your future? So if you don't have anything saved in a emergency fund or something like that, get creative and look at your finances and see if there's a way that you can open up some space to start putting some money aside to create a little bit of an, an emergency nest egg if you had something happen that you can fall upon to help you through a difficult time. If you're in a place where you have your emergency nest egg and you have savings, continue to build upon that so that you can continue to build security. It's really, really important that you reduce as much debt as you possibly can as quickly as you can, especially during these inflationary times because everything is continuing to rise and be very expensive. The other thing you can do is think about ways to cut your expenses if you have additional things that you're paying on that you're not using. So if you have like subscriptions to something and you're not using them, gym memberships and you're not using them, things that you can redesign and do on your own. So for example, if you're paying a gym membership and you're not using it, take that out of the equation and be resourceful. Do your own things at home where you're exercising. Start a walking routine around your neighborhood or, you know, whatever it is you can do with a group of friends. Just redesign what it looks like, but take out the unnecessary things you're paying for 
and remove them and then take that money that you've been using to pay for it and funnel it back into things that you need to pay down. It's really, really important. Also, if you have the ability, pay yourself and start getting yourself into a savings plan where you're paying yourself first. When you start to set this up, you're going to start to see how it will compound and how it will start to change your thought process and make you feel better because now you're starting to save for your future and it's opening up a lot of space for you in regards to what is coming and what you will be receiving in your future. A space of getting ahead on their finances and moving through that. One of the other things that we are looking at when it comes to our resources and money matters is what are you doing as far as the things in your home? Do you have things that maybe you're not using that maybe you could sell? Those are things that may be difficult for you to release, but again, if they've served their purpose and it's time for them to be used for other things that are going to promote and help you, then it's okay to release them knowing they've served their purpose. And for a lot of people, it's very difficult to do this because it brings up a lot of feelings around what that particular object may hold for you. It creates a lot of anxiety um, in the sense of maybe you feel like you have to release this because you failed or what have you. But I really want to express to you that just like when you came into the world, you came in with nothing. And when you leave, you will leave with nothing. So anything that you're doing to help someone else is actually going to help you in the long run. And it's not something that is a negative or something against you. So again, be in gratitude and allow yourself to move forward and allow yourself to go into a space of knowing that you're doing good and you're promoting that abundance to someone else that can help them. So I know when I was on my hard times, even though I had little to give, I still found ways to give. And sometimes my giving was not through a monetary resource as much as it was giving myself, giving my time, giving my talent, giving something to someone that could use the help. And I would bring my children as part of this experience because what I needed them to learn is that even when we're on hard times, we can still help other people because there's always, always, always someone out there that has it worse than you. And that can feel pretty uncomfortable because you might think, well, nobody has it worse than me because right now, like what I'm experiencing is pretty bad. But the reality is, is that Somebody always has it worse than you. And if you can be in that heart space to recognize that 
and find it within yourself to do something for someone else, that is going to promote a whole new level within yourself of gratitude that you were able to do something for someone else that it's not going to allow you to sit in the space that you're in and feel like you're not getting anywhere or you're not doing anything or you're not moving forward. There's, there's a lot of different things that come with that. And just doing for someone else is so unselfish and so loving and it does elevate you to a place where you do feel within yourself, I've done something good for someone. And that is a way to love, put love into the world space and give love. It's not always going to come back to you. But if you're giving it, it will come back, but in its own way. And it may look and feel different than what you may expect. But if you don't, have any expectation around it, then you will be perfectly okay in receiving what comes when it comes and when it's due for you. And when that shows up for you, just say thank you. Be in gratitude and say thank you. Even if it's not showing up the way that you envision, the way you manifested, you thought it would look like, just say thank you and be in gratitude and grace. And you will not be disappointed. The power of money is so profound because you hear these unbelievable stories where people come from situations where they've lost everything. And maybe it was in a house fire. Maybe they had a catastrophic event where there was, um, you know, a tornado or a tsunami or something that may have happened. And a lot of times these people, when they go through these traumatic events, they literally come out of them profoundly changed. And how could you not? Because everything you knew was was basically taken away from you. Um, the thing that's profound about this is that humans have these high levels of stress boundaries that we can go through so much, but then we get to a triggering point where it's it's like the radar is going off and the, the alarms are sounding. And one of the things that causes a lot of stress for us, and you probably already know this without me saying it, is that the number one stress point is bills, right? It's bills. Like how how do we get bills? And another high stress point is um the, you know, the, the potential, the potential job loss that could occur, the something major happening, like a health crisis, or having something happen to an automobile, and you have a major expense. And a lot of times, some of this money stuff that people experience is rooted in childhood trauma, believe it or not. So we have to think of where we sit with our relationship with money. How are we using it? Are you literally in a space of where it is all energy and it's either good and bad or what, what does it like? What is the energy level that you're giving it and how does it feel? And at the end of the day, the, the most important thing is that you're recognizing that energy is just a tool 
of money. Like the money is just a tool. It's not, it's not anything more than that. It's an opportunity for us to use this tool to put something out into the world space as far as how we live or what we do and these various things. But again, everything that we need is provided to us from God's source. So the food we eat, you know, the closest that we can get to God's source, the better. I mean, everything is God's source and even money to a degree is source energy and we have to decide what we're putting into it. And I I have talked to so many people where people have put every, every thought into money that literally money's become their master. They put it above God's source. Like every thought that they think is driven by how they're going to get more money or what they're going to do. And I caution anyone with that thought process because that is redirecting what you should be feeling around the tool of utilizing money. One of the things that we are abundantly bombarded with right now is how money is a source of evil in the sense that we have a lot of fraud. We have a lot of people that are utilizing opportunities to steal money from other people. And we hear about this constantly. It's constant. People are in countries and that's all they're doing all day long is looking for ways to hack computers to get to someone's bank account, to get to someone's credit cards, to get to someone's finances and trigger this onset of pulling assets away from them and stealing. So I want to caution all of you that are listening to be very vigilant in protecting yourselves making sure that you're doing all the right things to protect yourself from any kind of theft in any kind of way. And you want to, like I said earlier, eliminate as many bills as you possibly can, because the more you eliminate, the less threat you will have, the less exposure you will have. So we want to eliminate all those unnecessary things that we don't need anymore. We want to eliminate the debt. We want to eliminate the useless things that we're spending money on that we shouldn't be honestly spending money on because we're mindful that this is a waste of our resources. And you work really hard to have what you have. You spent a lot of time to have what you have. And when you break it all down, it really does become abundantly clear that you are expelling a lot of energy to have a lifestyle that you have. So we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can 
to protect ourselves. And one thing we need to be mindful of is we are mindful of not having all of our eggs in one basket, sort of speak. So if we've got everything in one place and everything is coming out of that one place, we need to eliminate that. So for example, if you're doing your banking and your banking is the outsource of an automatic bill pay to all of your people, you don't, if you had your bank compromised, then all of your accounts are being compromised at the same time. So you would be better to take and set up an auto pay coming from the company directly going to the bank instead of having all of your auto pays go from the bank to your companies. So for example, if you have five auto pays coming from the bank, the bank is the single source with the five auto pays. But if you took and reverse that, you have the companies now pulling from the bank. So it's only one versus everything held in one bucket going out. So you just want to be mindful and be ahead of what it is that is occurring and be vigilant. You need to really be vigilant on protecting yourself. So you want to set up those passcodes on any of your accounts where they're not easily encrypted. So don't ever, you know, put your name in your passcode. Don't ever put anything that is pertinent to you that someone easily could know and take and put it in and understand that it was you. So like a date of birth, a social security number, or any tax ID number that's linked to you, um, any personal information. So be mindful of protecting yourself, protecting your assets, and just look for the smartest ways to go about managing your finances in such a way that you are taking control and you are owning your experience and redesigning it so that you don't want to give your money away meaninglessly you want to be mindful be mindful and be crafty and be resourceful so again this is not any kind of advice everything offered during the show is merely educational and for entertainment for you to use how you would like to use it but please know that the source of energy that is put into money is something that you create within your space. So if you can think about money as being a tool, it's going to help you versus thinking that money is all in everything or, you know, it's going to create a certain sense of self because it really is just a tool. Everything else comes within. It's not exterior. So it is a tool for what it is that we need to sustain our being, meaning our body, our vessel that we are 
growing through and working with as we go through this journey of life. Thank you for being with us during this show of Money Matters. We find that money is so powerful because it defines people and who they think they are or who they are becoming. But in reality, it's just a tool that we're using and we're finding ways to operate in a space with the tool that is going to give us the best possible income. And this is why I have created this virtual summit that starts Monday, January 23rd, and can be found, the access information can be found on the Retreat to Peace Facebook page. All of the information is there. People from around the world, you can access this information and come to the summit. The summit is going to focus on things like our overall spiritual well-being for 2023, our financial well-being who we are and how we're working in our relationships with one another. And as we work through 2023 together and we go into a place where there's still this uncertainty in what's happening with the world and just looking at ways to navigate some of this uncertainty. Many times I've talked about the healing toolbox as part of my show That is something that we will be visiting as well. Each individual has their own healing toolbox that helps them navigate in a space that provides them a safe place. And we're going to look at ways that we can give that to you. So I hope you will join us for this virtual summit retreat. It is free. There's no charge for that. All you have to do is go to the Retreat to Peace Facebook page get the information there and then join us and we will come together collectively and it'll be really great to meet some of you that have been listening to the show for quite some time. We're going into our third year now and it has been an incredible experience and just learning different ways that as a community of the entire world around the globe, we can help support each other during these trying times and difficult times. So I encourage you to visit the Facebook page, Retreat to Peace, and get that information, and we will see you on Monday. So as always, thank you for joining us today. Um, Next week, we will be visiting some more topics around getting yourself into a space of abundance for 2023, and we'll continue on that road. So please join us, and in the week ahead, I hope that you find a safe place for healing, a safe place to live your true, authentic, soul self life. And as always, this is Katherine Daniels with Retreat to Peace, and we'll see you next time.